Thanks for joining us for Season 6 of the Hospitality Hangout, a hospitality-focused podcast where the founders at Branded Strategic share their insights and bring technology and innovation leaders that are making things happen in the industry we love. My name is Jimmy Frischling, otherwise known as the Finance Guy. I'd like to introduce my partner, Mr. Michael Schatzberg, also known as the Restaurant Guy. Thanks for the kind and warm introduction, Jimmy. And to all those listening, feel free to call me Shatsy. Together, we are the personalities behind branded strategic hospitality. We work at the intersection of hospitality, technology, innovation, and capital. Jimmy, I got to talk to you about something. And let me tell you, it's not what you think, but we had a great show. But before I get into it, Jimmy, we just came back from Las Vegas. And I got to tell you, I've never been to CES before. I know you haven't either. So we didn't know what we were expecting. I know the attendance was going to be down. We knew that, but they still had 45,000 people, and that's and that that's a third of their normal attendance. So I couldn't even imagine what that show must be like at 170, 180,000. Am I right? I think you're right. It's all perspective. I used to go to large securitization and structured credit shows, and we'd be large at like 5,000, 6,000, 7,000, I think, was the top tick of the securitization conferences. CES was down like 75, 80%. With 45,000 people. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Jimmy, we had a blast. We were there. We had a picnic was making pizzas. Uh, we had a minnow was showing off the pods. Uh, I mean, we had a blast. It was a great time. And uh, I just got to tell you, anybody listening, if you haven't been at the CES, you got to check it out. This thing is crazy. It's at the convention center, which is the biggest in the country. By the way, they dropped Jimmy and I, the Uber dropped us off at the front entrance of the convention center. Like I'm going to the Javits. You just walk in and there's like the boats and the cars from the car show. Yeah. Two and a half miles later, we found ourselves <laughs> at the other end of the convention center. <laughs> it was like we were a half hour. By the time we got to where we needed to be, the show was over. I swear on my life, show was over. Anyway, I just wanted to tell everybody it was a really crazy time. Jimmy and I had a blast. We had a great show, Jimmy. Uh, so let, let's kick it off because our guest has been waiting patiently. Yes, yes, yes. And again, I really thought you were going to at least highlight the fact that we are kicking off season six today and what a guest we have to kick off season six chats i was i was so enamored with ces i forgot about that i I can't believe season six i didn't think they'd renew us for season two and here we are season six look at us how many seasons did seinfeld have by the way i think seinfeld was like eight or nine and i think we are gonna we are gonna surpass that if we continue on this this trajectory of saying we got a chance yeah i gotta tell you got a chance yeah i I got it it's unbelievable All right, let's get it going, okay? Our listeners want to get it going, and our guest certainly does. We are very excited today. The first season of Season 6. Our guest today is our friend and partner, Mr. Evan DeSantola, CEO of AGOT AI. This is going to be great. We can't wait uh, to get into the conversation, and I don't think we could have a better guest to kick off Season 6. And I'm not just saying that because you are our guest kicking off Season 6. I really mean it. Uh, Evan, why don't you do a little introduction? Uh, give us a little background. Uh, I'll let you take the mic. Uh, let us hear about yourself and, of course, about Agot. Sure thing, Jimmy. I'm Evan Santola. I'm the co-founder and CEO of Agot. Agot provides a kitchen warehouse platform powered by cutting-edge computer vision, allowing multi-unit food service operators to transform their food service operation. So we have this kitchen awareness platform that's been built to solve QSR's toughest problems, including order accuracy, integrated drive-through, labor allocation, and labor efficiency. And we do this by wait, processing- wait, whoa, whoa, slow down, slow down there, Tiger. Before we get it, we're gonna we're gonna take a deep dive. We're gonna get into it. Before we we gotta slow it down and let's just we gotta find out a little bit more about Evan and what makes you tick before we get into the company because that's all well and good. But who's Evan? 
How did Evan even get to Agar? We got to find this out first. So I understand from my due diligence, and Jimmy, I did a lot of due diligence on our guest. Carnegie Mellon. We take it back to 1990-something. Am I right? Yeah. So right, um, Wait a minute. Wait, I'm not done with the story yet. <laughs> Carnegie Mellon, 1990-something. Don't yell at our guest. Don't yell at our oh. <laughs> And you and your co-founder partner, Alex, who we love, came up with this idea. So now tell us, how did you and Alex meet? Yeah, so Alex and I met at CMU. It's, uh, we were both studying at a forefront at the a program at the forefront of computer vision. Uh, so we- Pittsburgh, know, favorite city. Yeah, Pittsburgh, great city. Great sandwiches with fries on them. We uh, gave good friends quickly. Uh, so we had noticed the uh, advances in computer vision perception technologies were not being commercialized. So we had seen outside of autonomous driving, there were a lot of low hanging fruits that just weren't being touched. There, in, in, at the same time, you have fast food, which is like a repeatable layout across hundreds to thousands of locations. And uh, it seemed like such a logical application for some of these, these new computer vision technologies. So I can promise you, Jimmy and I are never thinking about stuff like that. Yeah, well, we, we saw it. Great business opportunity. <laughs> Figured operators could really use this. So we started deploying in a restaurant right away. We raised an angel round, got some more traction, raised an institutional round, got some more traction. Most recently, we okay, closed. But, so wait a minute. So this agate was really, it was a class project originally? Well, no, it wasn't a class project. It was, okay. yeah. So we, we left CMU. We figured, hey, we, we know that this is a really ripe area for innovation in the computer vision space. And we just kicked it off. Uh, so I think most recently our round was led by uh, CGC, Yum Brands, uh, other strategics and institutionals. And we're just excited to bring this technology to scale across multi-unit food service. I, I've heard of them. You know what, Yum Brands? Yeah. They, might, they might be something. Yeah. They might be okay. They might be something. Shatsy, by the way, I'm often uh, thinking about ideas like, you know, which bar we go to gives us a buy one, get one free. You know, the old Bogo. <laughs> That's what I'm thinking. And, I'm like, and, who gives you a bigger uh, Johnny uh, Black who pour? Pours, who pours a bigger Johnny Black or McAllen? Who's, who uses big ice balls? <laughs> and Evan and his partners are solving real hardcore artificial intelligence. Uh, I feel so useless right now. <laughs> well, I mean, well, it's, you know, that's just table stakes. Anyway, all right. <laughs> Listen, um, I do love a great founder story. And, and, and you've got that going on. Listen, at Branded, we are really fired up about AI, about automation, uh, and about robotics um, in this industry that, as I say, we love very much. Absolutely. I think it's fair to say, despite the the importance, and, and I dare say now the criticality, um, it's still a relatively new vertical for our industry. So can you share with us, you know, in layman's terms? Yeah, um, I think layman's you know, terms, I think, is key here. And, you know, we, we, we subscribe to the KISS theory, you know, keep it simple, Shatsy. Um, in layman's yeah. terms, um, exactly how is um, uh, Egot's fit into the space. Give yeah. us give us the AI for for dummies tutorial. Yeah, exactly. So our system, we just put cameras over the line and we watch what's being prepared. And we cross-reference this data against the kitchen display system. And we just flag different operational uh, issues that could potentially emerge in food service, whether this is an employee forgetting to send out an extra chalupa to uh, perhaps uh, certain operational practices not being performed to the best way that they could be. So uh, I'm at Subway. I'm working at Subway. I'm behind the line making sandwiches, right? And yes. you got cameras above yeah. above the line. That's what the line is where I'm making sandwiches. I'm taking the bread. I'm putting. I'm making my sandwiches, and I, and the ticket and the and the KDS is the screen that tells me what I'm making. Yes, that's correct. So we're just go watching. Ahead, go ahead. Yeah. So we're watching. You make that sandwich uh, when when that 
sandwich gets into a bag and you're bumping that sandwich. Maybe I asked for uh, potato chips and a Coke. Yeah, yeah and you, you forget the potato chips or maybe you forgot to put mayo on that sandwich and you bump it. The uh-huh. system says, hey, you made a mistake there. Don't send that out. It's really kind of solving these big problems that we've seen lately with order accuracy, especially as a result of the rise of uh, delivery, rise of drive-through, increased customization happening through kiosks. Uh, solving those big problems. Yeah, well, I got to tell you, I, I, I can speak for myself and Jimmy. Let me tell you, there is nothing worse than ordering takeout or or, or go pick curbside pickup and getting home or we're office, wherever you plan on eating it, and it's not right. You're missing something. You know, you, you ask for extra dressing or salt, you know, or ketchup and you have nothing. I mean, I got to tell you, so that's what I'll get to solving for. You're making sure that when I get home, Jimmy gets home with his, you know, he gets his like three quarter pounders with cheese and that's just for him by the way he gets his three qps with cheese and he asks for extra ketchup he comes home and there's no ketchup in there yep. and he goes bananas he's not going bananas yeah exactly and th- this is more than just like yeah you're, you're missing your mayonnaise on a specific meal item this is yeah ketchup uh you're forgetting your napkins sauce packs all of that stuff can be caught but this is also more than just order accuracy it's this is about like using an advanced cv system to systemically improve their ops so if you think about it we're not just tracking hey uh just to do the order accuracy stuff we're tracking from the beginning to the end of every single meal item as they're going in the bags as all the ingredients are going on these individual meal items as they go out to the customer and that really allows us to provide a ton of different uh, effective points to provide value for the restaurant so if you think about speed of service, understanding the different processes that need to be followed. It's almost uh, a, tra- it's a training tool because you can improve yeah. the service. If you have, if you're constantly for, you know, forgetting things or not putting the right, making the sandwich or the salad the right way, you find out, you know, when is it happening and who's doing it? Yeah, that, that's a great example. Training is a great example. Another great example that I think of is why do we have bump bars in 2022? Or why do we have like this, this entire idea that I'm going to have to like look in the bag and see what did I just put in this bag because I haven't touched it for a couple of minutes and oh, it, it still has a burger in it. That should all be like visually made very simple for me as an employee. So I wouldn't have to waste time in motion to press a button. I wouldn't have to necessarily like look into a bag. All of that can be solved with like the same exact system that you're using to flag order accuracy. Cashierless checkout. Like, Will this have any effect on Uber drivers stealing French fries out of bags before they deliver it? Or it no? Yeah, it could. That's Jimmy, I like that. Yeah, this segment, this segment, by the way, was sponsored by Lyft. Lyft. <laughs> <laughs> when, you, when you need drivers, uh, we're not we're not going Lyft. Um, you know, I, I got to tell you, I'm a little shocked. I mean, order accuracy and, and mistakes in, in drive-through or, or or takeaway. I've I've never heard of such thing. This happens. Um, sarcasm intended. Yeah, no, I, I mean, you're not. If you I, get the wrong order, Jimmy, you're not going back. I got to tell you, I can't believe we made it far in this in this podcast and this discussion with Evan without like talking about Joe Pesci and Lethal Weapon and his view. Sorry, Lethal Weapon Two and his views on what they do to you at the drive-through. And I don't oh, want to love it. I don't want to commit an FCC violation, uh, so I will not use profanity on this effing goddamn podcast. But he, Joe Pesci, was not happy about the drive-through. He hates tuna. Listen. Um, I want to stay on the, on the get, topic. You don't want to get Joe Literally. Pesci angry, that's for sure. <laughs> Listen, I want to stay on the topic of order accuracy um, because our industry, again, it's an industry we love. Shas and I have been in it for over a quarter century, but we admit that there is, as, as an industry, there's a staggering amount 
of orders um, that that are inaccurate and where mistakes get made. And I'd have a hard time believing that everyone who's listening to this podcast hasn't had an experience where something has gone wrong with a uh, an off-premise um, experience and that has given the venue, the, you know, the restaurant, the black eye as a result of a missing item uh, from an order or otherwise. Um, you know, so so Evan, how how accurate is is Agat in picking up, you know, these order discrepancies? Yeah. You know, you guys were joking around ketchup and you're joking. Around, I always talk about soy sauce uh, if, with my sushi. If I don't get soy sauce, it's going to ruin my meal. But is is your company, is the platform picking this up? And how does it realize um, that something's been left out? Yeah, so with our technology, franchisees can reduce the majority of their order errors with almost no changes to the current op flows. So it, like, the exact reduction is going to differ brand to brand, uh, and it's, it's mostly dependent on compliance of, hey, fixing these errors as they go out the door. But we're talking near zero employee error rates as opposed to the current error rates that we're having. And that's for napkins, that's for pickles, that's for drinks, that's for... Chopsticks? Does it pick up chopsticks? chopstick error? Yeah, if you, if you can see the chopstick get put in the bag, if the, the camera's able to see that, you can make sure that goes in the bag. It's just I about tell you, what's in camera view. Yeah, no, it's 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 really unbelievable, and it really to 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 what we've been speaking about. I mean, this kind of error in any way, shape, and form is is um, it really is just it's a game changer because it really ruins everything. I know, I know, when I'm sitting home and I order and I'm about to watch The Bachelor or Bachelorette, either one, and you know, and I'm ready for a great episode, and my stuff comes and I ask for extra dressing and it doesn't come, I'm really upset. But we touched a little bit about addressing labor. Yes. Does this help reduce or or improve labor performance? I mean, what can you share about how this interacts with employees and stuff like that? Because I feel like there's a way that this is empowering employees and making them feel and, and, and keeping staff happy. Yeah, you're absolutely right. So right out of the box, we'll make employees' jobs more predictable, more consistent, more enjoyable. There's a lower cognitive load to actually performing their ops. They have reduced negative interactions with customers from bad orders. There's a sense of relief knowing that they're supported. Ultimately, this is impacted in their turnover numbers. And uh, even an OA baseline, it gives somebody to feel like they have a goal to improve against. Yeah, but nobody wants to make a mistake. But, you know, when you're when you're you're throwing tickets and tickets and, you you know, and, and someone can just you know, give you a little, a little, Hey, you forgot the ketchup or Hey, they wanted extra dressing or Hey, exactly. that sandwich. I mean, it's gotta make you feel great. Whoa. I caught that. Yeah. A lot of employees care really deeply about the service experience that they provide to customers. Sure. We make it easy for them to provide that high quality experience. And they're, they're going to be working in the same exact fast paced environment. They already are, but they're going to get to feel better because they're providing uh, faster, more consistent service. And it's ultimately a powerful recruitment and retention tool for all QSR brands because you have faster training, uh, smaller stand-up time, so you get this employee up to speed quicker. Uh, you get new employees in the mix faster, and we, we have a pride in production system that helps reward employees for their hard work. It's just a great way to run a kitchen. If you know everything that's going out the kitchen, you can do so many things on top of that. I love it. I got to I got to tell you, Jimmy, this guy's smart. The smartest guest we ever had. I mean, I'm not going to say he's the smartest guest we ever. Had. I'm going to tell you right now, he's top five. 
We're season six. That's a lot of guests. I, 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 I'll tell you this. Guarantee he's number one in season six. Guarantee. Well, today he's the smartest <laughs> guest we've had on the, on the episode today, for sure. Listen, I want to uh, I want to go to a, a, a kind of a tagline uh, that we've been using since we launched our, our business now, um, or rather specifically since the pandemic came crashing down on, on our industry, is that the pandemic has changed nothing. Um, and accelerated everything. And I think this really relates, you know, Evan, to your to your company. trademark that, Jimmy, by the way. I'm just saying people I use that at CES on the panel. Guy came up to me, he goes, It's the greatest line I've ever heard. I wow. said, Give me twenty dollars. Give me twenty dollars <laughs> right now. <laughs> well, Evan, I want to ask you um if you can share um what has not necessarily changed, because we 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 like to say nothing's changed, but what has accelerated? Um, from when you started the company just a couple of years ago now, um, what have you seen change really since the pandemic came again, crashing down on our shores? Yeah, so we've seen delivery and kiosk adoption and QSR really get accelerated through the pandemic. And so this has allowed a lot of customization. This has driven inaccuracy. So many brands were still in the early stages of rolling out delivery in 2019, but the channel shift to delivery has really increased the value prop to customers for order accuracy. First off, because it's harder to correct an order when you get home or have an order delivered to your home and it's wrong, really increases the saliency of a shitty order. Or, I'm sorry, bad order. Um, Did he just drop Jimmy? <laughs> I was going to say, I was going to say, well, what? well I just hear profanity? You're allowed to fucking curse on our show. That, so. Yeah, I was going to yeah. say, <laughs> uh, only uh, the fucking but, guest can fucking curse on this show. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So delivery and kiosk adoption and QSR has accelerated through the pandemic. So this has allowed for a much greater degree of customization and it's driven inaccuracy. And many brands are really just early on in 2019 rolling this out. Uh, delivery kiosk adoption was relatively low, but now you've seen this channel shift and it's really increased the value prop uh, for order accuracy for customers. First off, because it's harder to correct an order when you get home. So imagine you open up a bag at home, it's been delivered by Grubhub. You maybe drive home with your order. And it really increases the saliency of a bad order but also because you have all these third-party delivery platforms give customers plenty of choices to gravitate towards. They, they can choose if they, they see inaccuracy occurring. They see all these metrics on inaccuracy. And I'd also say challenges around training and recruiting and retaining great labor have become more pronounced as a result of some of these labor challenges we've seen in the pandemic. And so that's definitely accelerated demand for other parts of uh, our kitchen awareness system and other applications of that system. So is that, are we calling this kitchen awareness system is that is that yeah exactly so the order accuracy application is a portion of how you can k-a-s jimmy we've got a new acronym we can use that i like that this is new ds and the k-a-s you know what it means if it's new shatsy and it came on our show first it's breaking news evan is that breaking news can we use k-a-s uh, you can use KAS, yeah. The kitchen awareness system. You've heard it here first, people. Yeah, you, you can help out your KDS with the KAS. Oh, uh, I love that. I love that. Well, no listen, one, no one loves it, acronyms more than me. I love the acronym. Listen, uh, Evan, we appreciate all of that and the banter, and and we love talking uh, to our guests. We love getting to ask the questions. Uh, we're not wallflowers, but it turned out uh, back in like season three, our producer figured out that sometimes our guest has questions for us or might want to chat a little bit. So with that in mind, we uh, our talking back section, uh, we let our guests take the microphone and ask us any question they may have. As I like to say, nothing's off the table. Evan, the microphone is yours. Fire away. How are these emerging technologies? Like we have 
ghost kitchens, robotics, what role will they play in how QSR transforms their operations? Because I, I have my own take on how the labor component is going to play in with computer vision. Yeah, but this isn't this isn't about you. This is about you asking us. So yeah, this exactly. is our time. So want, so we, don't, we don't care about your view. Tell me your view. Where, where is this thing going? Shatsy, where is it going? Jimmy? Uh, I, I mean, I, you know, uh, short answer. I mean, I think that you just you you kind of answered it. I mean, there's automation. It's certainly coming in there. We see a lot more automation. It's it's not going to go back. It's going to continue. We've seen automation, you know, throughout history and it's just going to continue. And we don't really see it in restaurants the way uh, you see it in other industries. But now it's 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 going to be coming into restaurants. I think that's a big one, like robotics and stuff like that. Uh, with the ghost kitchens and the virtual kitchens and and this, I think that's we're going to see how that plays out. I mean, it's there's there's a lot there. We'll see how it plays out. Certainly, I happen to love the idea of uh, of the the um, like I love what Brinker does with the with the chilies and having multiple brands under one roof. I really like that model. I think right. that's a great one. So that one seems easy for me to say. Yeah, that's that that doesn't seem like that 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 seems a sure bet. The other ones, it's going to be interesting to see how the virtual brands or the other ones that are building kitchens and parking lots and things like It's interesting to see how that plays out. I don't know. Jimmy, what's your take? Actually, um, I, I guess my first kind of delineation or cut of the industry is going to be between, you know, craft – um, which is not the question you ask. Uh, you asked about multi-units and quick serve, but I think there's going to be a large part of the industry that is going to be craft where cooking is done on-premise and it is very experiential. Um, and that's going to be one side of the market. And then there's going to be this, you know, quick serve and grab and go and multi-unit. And that is going to be more, you know, somewhat food is fuel and, and there's going to be very good experiences and good quality. But on that side of the, of the, of the house or that side of the equation, it is going to be leveraging I, I believe every bit of tech and innovation and, and, and what they can do to reduce the human capital in the store and reduce friction. And I believe there'll be a lot of testing and there'll be you know some, some, some wins and many losses. But the fact is there absolutely needs to be an obsession with the streamlining of this industry as we've streamlined everything else. I heard an interesting factoid the other day, um, and while it sounds like it has nothing to do with what we're discussing, and maybe it really doesn't, but uh, vinyl sales um, outperformed CDs um, last year. Okay, more records, more vinyl records were sold than CDs. And the reason is vinyl has this kind of classic, this uh, old school, there's this scratchiness, and there was a desire for that. There was nothing the CD, or very little the CD could do that digitizing music you know, hasn't accomplished. Now, my sense is, as we look at the QSR world, the criticality around leveraging tech and innovation and AI and otherwise, the, the genies out of the bottle, is, as, as we like to say about how the technology is now being embraced like medicine as opposed to like vitamins. And my sense is, is there There'll be real appetite and adoption because it's critically important. These industries, this side of the industry will not survive without it. Yeah, I think it's a great segue into the idea, Jimmy, that we've always talked about, that the only industry slower to embrace technology behind hospitality Coal miners. Is coal mining. <laughs> and then we always say that there's fracking. We feel like that's probably even more advanced than anything we've ever done. But you know what? It's a great opportunity to bring in – the newest segment of the podcast, Evan, which came first? Are you ready? Yeah. Evan, brand new segment. You're the first, you're the you're first, the first one. Honored. And I yeah, think your great. question was very apropos because which came first, the restaurant drive-thru or the bank drive-thru? Oh, that's tough. 
I feel like I'm going to say bank drives here because it's got to be a trick question. Jimmy, Jimmy, but... you don't. I don't think you saw the answer to this. Do you know? I didn't. I did not see the answer to this, but but I'm going to agree with Evan simply because. Um, it would kind of be a little bit of deflating to be like, we claim to be worth slow. And all of a sudden, like, yeah, we were ahead of the banks. We were ahead of the financial institutions and drive through So I'm going to agree with Evan, and I'm going to go, we were slow being hospitality. Financial industry was faster than us. I'm going with the, the, the banks were first. Banks were first. Final answer, both? Final answer. Sure. And I got to tell you, the first drive through in America was Hillcrest State Bank out of Dallas, Texas in 1930. It was not until Harry and Esther Snyder, Jimmy's very dear friends on the Upper East Side, um, <laughs> from In-N-Out Burger chain, built the first drive-through in 1948. Fun fact: In-N-Out, because the restaurant name that promised exactly that, it delivered In-N-Out. Huh? What a great first which came first segment, Jimmy. Don't you love it? I love it, I, and I want to go back to the uh, to the notes. Uh, I want to know when the new this newest segment was given to you. I really I want to go back into our producers and back in the war room and be like, "Hey, uh, Shetsy's uh, Shetsy got the new segment." I, I feel a little favorite. I get the softballs, man. Favorite. All right, crystal ball moment. Here we go. It's a chance for our guests to put on their Kreskin or Miss Cleo hat and predict the future. The future, Evan. How do you see restaurants and dining two years from now? in relation to hospitality and technology? Yeah, so I think computer vision is gonna be a central part of ops, because I think it's it's effectively a general purpose sensor that you're putting in when you put in the camera. You're, you're not gonna need like a door sensor, or a weight sensor, all these little sensors that you see currently going into restaurants when a single camera can tell you if the door is open or something is full or not. So I think that's gonna be one of the big shifts. And I also see a big shift kind of in uh, labor inflation continuing. And so because this is gonna be a continued challenge, uh, brands are going to have to accelerate their adoption of technology that allows them to uh, achieve more in the restaurants with less employees. By the way, Shatz, the second part of Evan's answer, he was telling you the, the labor, the, the employees in our stores could become more expensive. Just wanted to translate for you, more yeah, expensive. I think that <laughs> I would agree with your crystal ball moment, everything. I really do. And I think that when we get you back here in two years, I think you're going to be 100% correctamundo. We got to get Evan back faster than that because I think his company's going to be blowing up faster than. Oh, uh, yeah, there's no months. way he's going to be even thinking no. about doing our podcast yes. next year. No, we know we got to get him back sooner because in two years from now he's going to be like, Shaz, who? Jimmy, who? That's ah, Jesus. Yeah, talking those clowns again. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. I'm too busy booked on CNBC. I don't have time I for uh, Jimmy, I time you're so <laughs> right. Let's tell Julie, book Evan up like literally next week yeah, again. <laughs> <laughs> so we can say we had him on twice. Yeah. We'll never get this guy on again. Evan, listen, it's time for Brandon quick fire it's i'm gonna ask you five lightning round questions don't think too hard don't panic don't, no pressure first question comes to mind are you ready for the branded quick fire sure what piece of one piece of technology you can't you can't live without what is it i'd say my phone yeah i think that's probably uh, right for most people yeah where are you getting dinner from tonight so uh, one of our customers, I can't say which one because that'd be choosing favorites, but yeah, we're, we're, we have Grubhub every night for 
all of us at the office and this segment sponsored you can't pick which restaurant he's eating at but he's no problem plugging grubhub Grubhub. no problem on the grub kevin that was for you buddy plug a restaurant but hey grubhub grub.com we have a corporate account (laughs) (laughs) what's your favorite food city in the world uh so i'm sorry to suck up to you guys but it's definitely new york uh Uh, we appreciate that i appreciate it hey where's your favorite place to travel uh i really like europe I think that there's just such an incredible amount of cultural diversity in such a small space. It's really interesting. I got to tell you, I love this guy. All right, here we go. This is the big one. If you were to challenge Jimmy or I to a game of code names, one of uh, Jimmy and I's favorite, I mean, I'm playing it all the time. Who would you have better odds of beating in code names? One of our favorites. So I don't know who do you guys think would win. It's because if, if you guys are going to play, I'll play the champion. I'm not going to lie to you. Um, I've never heard of code names before. I've never, uh, I've never seen it. Never heard of it. I have no idea what code names is. I was completely lying when I said Jimmy and I love that game. Jimmy, do you know code names? Um, if I had to Google it to know what it is, uh, does that mean I didn't know what it is before? Oh, yeah. See, I didn't even think of googling it. That was, yeah. Why didn't I just Google it? It's a it's a 2015 card game for 48 players designed by Vlad and published in Czech uh, Games Edition. Two teams compete by having each spy master give one word clues that can point to multi words on the board. Jesus, Jimmy, I cannot like, I cannot believe how much you know about this game code name. <laughs> now, now ask Evan the question of who he wants. All right, to have so a- now, Evan, now that we know what code names is, if you were to challenge you, I can take. <laughs> if you were to challenge Jimmy or I to a game of code names, after Jimmy and I have a chance to you know, play it a little bit and get used to the game. Would you better odds of beating? Yeah, I'd probably go with the Jimmy. <laughs> He's still beating me. You, you beat Jimmy? Yeah, yeah I think so. Right. Seriously? Uh, wow. Uh, Thanks, Evan. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Codenames is my new favorite game. It's like Monopoly, Clue, then Codenames. I'm going to guess that I think he could take us both down, but I, I have no issue and I oh, respect Jimmy, you. Jimmy, Jimmy, Jimmy. He picked you. He did pick me. He did. He can one kill term. you in code names. You are one. You're one and zero oh in the in yeah. season six. He well thinks done. he thinks with me versus him, it'd be close. Evan Shat's close. Jimmy versus Evan code names, not even close. That's what he was saying. I will say he will beat me, and I will say he'll destroy you. But okay, we move on from there. Evan doesn't um, think so. <laughs> Evan, listen, we're, we could pantalize like this all day long, but but that would not. Evan's got to go do some stuff with with, with intelligence and, and artificial intelligence and things. Yes, listen, Evan, uh, we really do appreciate you joining us and, and sharing some insights. And and really, while we like to have a lot of fun on the podcast, I, I think you've um, shared a great deal of insight uh, and intel on on what is coming and really and, and how the future is now. And you also doing some really important things for the industry um, because we are struggling right now with labor um, and the the industry gets black gets a black mark or a black eye for any time something goes wrong with an order. Um, and as a longstanding owner and operator, I think what you're doing and, and the team is doing is really important. So um, in, with a bit of sincerity, um, I, I think you're going to have a really great run and we're very proud to be um, kind of part of your small, uh, sorry, part of your ecosystem, and we look forward to helping you I any think, way we I can. I think what you're doing, you're finally taking all these cameras that we, we see all over the place and doing something really cool with them outside of just seeing if, you know, <laughs> if we got robbed or something, <laughs> you know? So I love it, man. I think it's really cool, and I got to tell you, we think it's 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 game-changing. Yeah.
Yes. To our listeners, if you want to get in touch with Evan directly, uh, you can email the podcast team at, at podcast at brandonstrategic.com, and we'd be happy to make a connection for you um, and get you in front of Evan. Uh, to our listeners, uh, we want to continue to thank you uh, for tuning in with us. Uh, there's no way uh, we could have made it. Uh, to uh, to season six without your continued support, um, and 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 for that we're forever grateful and it excited. Sounds like, it sounds like a Channel Thirteen public radio announcement, Jimmy. Like oh, you're no. support. We're sending, by the way, everyone, anyone. If you want to donate ten dollars to us, you get a Barry Manilow CD. I'm not giving away any of my Barry Manilow CDs. Those are mine. <laughs> Jimmy Those has are signed mine Barry Manilow CDs for the first 10 listeners. It's going to be more than $10, $100 donation to the podcast. <laughs> I'm not giving up my Barry Manilow CDs. Love you, Barry. Okay, listen, we do have a very exciting guest coming up on the next episode. It'll be Lindsay Hole, uh, CEO of Dispatch Goods. Oh, man, that's a good one, Jimmy. Yes, that'll be good. Sustainability. At, uh, sustainability, ESG. ESG. And finally, if you haven't done so already, uh, please subscribe to our podcast. Guests. You don't miss out on any of the exciting guests we have coming up in the future. And even better, invite a friend to hang out with you next time. So, again, with great appreciation uh, to Evan for joining us and sharing some insights. And uh, and from Jimmy Frishing, your finance guy, I'm signing off and passing it back to my boy, Shatsy. Hey, thanks. And this is uh, Shatsy, a.k.a. the restaurant guy. And, hey, Evan, thanks for doing this. This is great. And just for our listeners, what's the URL for Ag if they want to check it out and see something really cool? Yeah, they can go to www.agot.ai. A-G-O-T dot A-I. Yeah, goodordertechnology.ai. I mean, it's really cool. I got to tell you, I think one of the coolest uh, one of the coolest new things we've seen in a long time. Thanks for doing the podcast with us. We, we, we joked around a lot. This was awesome. Signing out from the Hospitality Hangout. Thanks, everybody. Thanks, Evan. Have a great one, guys. 